Welcome to another episode of Maritime Health and Performance Chat. Today's guest is a little bit different than our usual. Uh, she might not have a, a background in some degree in exercise science, or she might not be uh, an Olympic athlete, but my guest today goes to show you that you can find a passion for training and strength conditioning and exercising in your own health um, at any point in your life. And Alex is just lives that and she's found, found something that she really has a passion and an excitement for and has just taken that and ran with it. it has some uh, powerlifting competitions coming up in the next couple of weeks, but far be it from me to uh, butcher the details about Alex when she can definitely give you the information a little better herself. So Alex, the floor is yours. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I was uh, listening to a couple of your episodes before I came on here and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I definitely don't have the background uh, that all these other professionals do. Uh, it was really, really well, well put together, though. Um, everyone had so much good knowledge. So hopefully I'll be able to shed some light on someone who comes from a less less of a background than others. Like I've, I've always been, well, at least attempted to be athletic. Growing up, I did a lot of sports. I tried soccer, figure skating, volleyball, softball. I did Taekwondo for a while. Yeah, just, just stuff like that. I just, growing up, my dad was always really encouraging my sister and I to just continue to try new things, which was awesome. Definitely was not very good at any of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rugby was fun. I really enjoyed rugby, but definitely again, like my skill level wasn't quite there, but man, let me tell you, taking people down is pretty fun. Um, <laughs> like I've always been like somewhat active, not, not like any, to any extent of like any athlete really. But once I started my professional career, which I started around the age of 21 and started really realizing I needed to focus on my physical and mental health because if I'm not mentally and physically well, like I'm not going to be able to focus on my job. Like I'm currently a web designer. So, or UX designer, I sit at a desk in front of a computer. So like, I really need to be mentally aware for that job and your physical being, maybe it doesn't like show so much in that manner. But if you're, if you're physically well, you're definitely going to be more mentally well. And that just makes your life easier all around. So I really started to realize I should be focusing on my physical well-being. It started out with nutrition. I started a meal plan at O2 Wellness because my office offered a wellness benefit. So I used that to pay for a meal plan. And I started doing that meal plan and realized how much more energy I had than before. Uh, yeah, so once I started eating well and properly and like actually found out I wasn't eating enough throughout the day, my energy levels just went way up and I was able to do so much more with my day. My head was clearer. I was able to think. I was able to go do more things during the day, which was awesome. And I always had really athletic friends. So we'd like go on hikes and I'd fall behind and end up doing the hike by myself because I couldn't keep up with them because I'd get so tired so quick. And they're like, oh, we don't want to wait around for you. Like, <laughs> we, we're going to get <laughs> through this yeah. thing. We, we, yeah, <laughs> we want to see how fast we can get this hike done. You're affecting this. So I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, I got to step up my game. <laughs> so I like over the years and had so many failed attempts at like getting into going to the gym. So many things stopped me from going. Like I was always so self-conscious of like, Oh gosh, everyone's probably watching me going like, Oh, this chick doesn't know what she's doing at all and stuff like that. So that really deterred me from going. So like, it was like three years of me trying to get into it and not actually doing it. And then eventually I found this app called sweat and it had this 
power program I really liked. So I started doing that at the gym because it, so it took away kind of the, I don't know what I'm doing stuff. Cause it was telling me exactly what I needed to do and how long, and that just took that aspect out of it for me. So I started going to the gym once a week with that and then tuned into three times a week and then turned into four times a week. And then I was going some to some weeks, like six or seven times. So once I built that habit, I was able to like really see some progress. I noticed like my energy levels were up as long as I was still eating properly and that I was building strength. And even just like the smaller movements, I realized, oh, these are way easier. And seeing that progress really motivated me to keep going. Yeah. It, and that was, that was really great. Cause at the time I had bought a dirt bike and we would go out in the woods with it. And it's a very physically demanding sport dirt biking. And you're like going up a hill and there's a bunch of big rocks and you got to try and get over those on the bike. And then the next thing you know, you're on the ground and the bike is falling down the hill a little bit and you got to go pick up this like two to 300 pound bike and get back on and keep going. And it was just so physically demanding. And I was like, oh man, I'm too weak for this. I got to get stronger. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my roommate, uh, Ryan, he had been into weightlifting since he was 16. He's, yeah, he was very well um, versed in it. He was all into powerlifting at the time. He was like encouraging me to try it out. And I was like, well, I do want to be able to lift my dirt bike. So I should probably get into lifting, but I don't know. I'm really enjoying the workouts I've been doing, which was more bodybuilding style stuff. I'm not much of a bodybuilder. Like I, I have a hard time working out for an aesthetic goal, but I would still see these strength milestones while I was doing this training and that really kept me going and then you suggested powerlifting and I really liked the idea of it but I didn't think I wanted to focus on those three lifts I was like there's so many other things I want to focus on I don't know if I'm ready for this and um, I was scrolling through Instagram one day and I saw a post from someone I was following it was like recreational powerlifting meet you're not like super competitive in powerlifting this is for you like we're not going to make sure your belt's like CPU approved or IPF approved and stuff like that so I was like hmm that's tempting. So I messaged someone. I was like, yeah, maybe if I get my lifts up hundred pounds each and uh, they responded, yeah, that's a good start. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> they really called me out there. All right. Well, fuck. All right. I guess I'll start working on that. <laughs> 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 so I went home and I told Ryan, I was like, all right, Ryan, I'm going to try powerlifting. There's a meet in eight weeks. I'm going to try and train for it. I'm going to go for it. Uh, he was like, okay, sure. Sweet. And he, he sent me this program. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a six week program. And I started doing that and we went to good life and we tested all of my lifts. I think like my bench was 105. My squat was 170 and my deadlift was 205. Yeah, that sounds right. And so we put that in this program and I did that for six weeks. And then the powerlifting meet came around and I was like, no, no, I can't be doing this. And then next thing you know, like the same person who posted about that meet was like, do I know any graphic designers or videographers? And I was like, wow, I graduated NSCC for screen arts, aka film. And I just graduated from BCIT with a graphic design diploma. I think I might be qualified here. So I shot him a message <laughs> and he's like, all right, yeah, come into the gym tomorrow. And so I, I went to 360 Fit there in Dartmouth and he met me at the front door and like brought me into this back room in 360 Fit. I was like, oh God, this is like a large man is luring me into the back of this gym. This is so <laughs> weird. <laughs> and it was like, it was just like this hole in the wall gym. It was called Raw Power. And so I met him and one of the other owners, Shelly, and they sat and they, I sat down with them and kind of told them what I might be able to do for them. So, and they really liked the ideas that I had. 
So I've been training there ever since because they just kind of took me in. So I've been doing their social media when I can and helping them design neat shirts and stuff like that. And they've been helping me get really fucking strong. (laughs) So uh, Brad is the trainer there. I didn't train with him for the longest time. I really was just there because I like the community. But after a while, I realized, oh, you know what? I'd probably be making more progress if I had a trainer. So I signed on with Brad and since then, like my, all three of my lists have just shot right up and I've competed in one of their recreational meets they had, I think it was in August. It was just after the first COVID shutdown. Six, they were like, all right, six weeks, we're going to have a meet. We're doing it. And then they did and it went awesome. And that was the first meet I competed in. I PR'd all three lifts. So I was really stoked about that and uh, particularly proud of my bench. I was going to sign up for my last lift and I was like, oh, I don't know. Should I just go up this two and a half kilos or should I do five? And Shelly was sitting at the table and she said, go big or go home. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> so it was, it was. So I went big. Um, I hit a damn near 135 bench, which I didn't know I could do. And it was like the lift was grinded out and it felt so good when I got it. And it was definitely the highlight of that meet. So we're doing another one of those rec meets in a couple weeks and that I'll be competing in as well. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked to see what's going, going to go on there. That's awesome. I mean, you, you touched on a lot of different areas and I've been taking notes uh, while you've been giving us kind of your background and, and where your interests lie within kind of the strength conditioning world and community. I think it's really cool that you started with the diet plan and huge kudos to your work. It's Red Space, right? Yeah, like huge kudos to them to having like a wellness benefit that you guys can can access uh, just just for working there, right? Because that's such a huge having that work life balance, having a good quality of life, like you said, kind of earlier on, when you realize getting your physical health in check was going to improve your ability to work and your energy and your you know your mental faculties. I mean, pretty awesome that you start with nutrition because I mean it's such a tough spot, and even you know with my education being kind of in a health background and in kinesiology, there I found my understanding of nutrition to be quite lacking. So I know. I can sympathize with how difficult of a area that is to start, but, you know, getting that under check really sets a strong foundation for getting kind of everything else going. So for you being younger, establishing your career, you're a homeowner and whatnot, like just in the throes of daily living, like what are some pitfalls that you've experienced in staying active and keeping consistent on your nutrition goals and your lifting goals? So the nutrition thing is a consistent struggle with me. I tend to under eat, I suppose. I just get distracted or I forget. So I'm someone who likes to have certain things written out for me. I'm not very good at planning, but if something's planned for me, I can handle the rest. Like it doesn't need to be step by step, but you give me a good enough solution and I'll figure out how to make it work. For weeks, I was feeling, which was great because they'd give me the food I needed and then they'd say, here's how you do it. And then I did it. And it was, and I would just get it done. And there you go. There's my nutrition for the week. I don't have to think about that anymore. Training. I'm again, like you said, I'm very lucky red space with their fitness benefit. It's pretty substantial. So it, it covers my gym membership for the year, which is amazing. And O2, cause O2 gave me a wicked deal. Cause I signed up before they even opened and their gym is in the same mall that I work in. So I was able to go at lunchtime instead of like, playing cards with my friends, I would go to the gym and work out. And then I found whenever I'd go back to work, I would just be so refreshed because I had just been sitting for a couple hours and then got up for an hour and moved around and then went back to 
the sitting, which was great. But I mean, with COVID, once that happened an office shut down and the gym shut down, like things were a struggle. Like, I think there was like a month where I didn't do much at all. And I was just like stressing out about all the gains I was losing instead of actually doing something about it. So I <laughs> start, <laughs> cause I'm not creative in like planning. So I had these plans with the gym. They were now not possible. And so I ended up signing up for Dana Bailey's at home workouts. Cause I love her. She's definitely an idol of mine. So I was doing like a lot of body weight at home, like bodybuilding workouts and they killed me. Oh my God. They were so hard. It was really nice to change up for a bit. But then when stuff opened back up, I went back to doing powerlifting, but there are just so many days where you don't want to go into the gym or do anything, but you got to do it anyway. There's never been a day I've gone to the gym and been like, fuck, why did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, having that discipline to go even on those crap days really makes a difference. And it really is uh, like a discipline and a self-control thing. And, and, And you can then apply those kind of learned skills, whether it be the discipline or kind of mental toughness. And you can apply that to a lot of other things in your life. Like, you know, when you gotta be a little tighter with money or when maybe you're feeling a little off, but you gotta go in and get that last work process project done for the day or for the week or whatever, right? Like having that uh, self-discipline to to be able to say, all right, you know what? I don't feel like going. I'm not there mentally, but I'm going to go still give it what I have in me today and still get the most out of this, you know, this workout session. That's so important. And I'm I'm glad that you've brought that point up and mentioned how important that is in maintaining your lifting regime. Yeah, because consistency matters and it's not always easy. And sometimes things aren't like just going to be laid out in front of you you got to make it work. Like I, I like am not the most financially well off all the time. So signing up for raw was stressful. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, that's another gym membership. But I, instead of doing that, I've been helping out. Like I said, I've been helping out with their social media and helping them market themselves. So I've been doing that as a gym membership instead of, so like my finances didn't let me do it. So I found a way to make it work. Like and, yeah. and I'm really happy I did because like what a community they have there. Like if you don't feel like going to the gym that day, you, we have these group chats and you go in there and you're like, oh, I don't really, I'm not, my head's not there. I'm really tired. And they will be like pushing you. They'll be like, come on in. You can do this. You got this. But I mean, like if you do really need a rest day, they're good at respecting that as well. They're like, oh, we'll take the rest day. It's really important. You don't rest enough. It's just like the community of powerlifting is so, it's amazing. It's just, it's awesome. Yeah, I have kind of noticed the the more I get into um, just meeting people just in any sort of strength conditioning capacity around the province and around the area, like powerlifting does really seem to me like a niche sport, but it's a really seems like a close tight knit community where, where, you know, there's not a whole lot of ego, like at some point, you know, everyone's, everyone's strong, everyone's fit. But, but at the same time, and everyone's trying to, you know, win the meets or, or, or beat a PR, get a new total or, or that kind of stuff. But even still, while there is still that sense of competition, there still seems to be such a sense of community and such a, a, a culture of hard work and doing things like when you said, uh, you know, being disciplined enough to, to go to the gym on the days you don't and being, um, you know, being so positive and, and cheering on and helping out others that are in a similar boat to you, right. That might be feel a little worn down that day. They might not want to work out, but encouraging them to still come and do what they can and get the workout in and get those, phys- you know, those health benefits, let alone the performance goals they might have through powerlifting. Yeah. And powerlifting 
it's such an individualized sport. Like you, when you're up on the platform and you're trying to make that lift, like it's you doing that, but it's still a t- such a team thing. Like at least we experience that at what we experience at raw. We have so many people who go there and each of them bring different things to the table. We have one girl who's super into yoga. So the yesterday she helped me work on some of my thoracic spine mobility. I was like, my chest is really tight. Can you help me out with that? And she gave me a bunch of exercises. We have the president of Nova Scotia powerlifting there. So I'll be like, does this squat look weird to you? She's like, Dan girl, fix that hip shit. And like, <laughs> <laughs> or quit stripper squatting. That's a big problem I have. I get yelled at for a lot. And then like, we have one girl and she's just like the best cheerleader. If you are grinding out a lift, she is there. And oh yeah, it's just, it's a great team. And then we have Brad yelling at me to eat more, which I do need to be reminded to do. <laughs> but it, it, it's an individual sport. You're putting in what you can put in, but there's a team behind you that's really helping you get there as well. And I mean, not even just like the physical side of it and like helping with the pointers. Like I was listening to your podcast with Paige and I really liked that you guys brought up like discussions of mindfulness and mental health. Like they're there to support you emotionally as well. Like if you're struggling, like I said, like they'll be there. Like I've had rough days and the gym mama Sherry, she's like, come on over, have a beer with me. Sounds like you need a night. (laughs) (laughs) And I've gone out there, but like mindfulness and mental health just matter so much in your training. Cause like, there's working out and there's training and like not to like shit on just working out. Like for some people, that's all they need. And that's awesome. But training has intent behind it. You're working towards something. I like, I enjoy working out, but I am here to train. I need the mindfulness and my mental health to be in check. So I am present in my training and I can like pay attention when I'm in a squat, like, Hey, that my knee just wobbled there. What's going on there? Is that, strength issue or is that my ankle mobility and just and now I know to focus on that that is such an excellent point because you know and I, and I actually experienced this it's funny the just the other day I was feeling a little just worn down um on my workout Monday so usually where I just re- lately I've been doing a um four lifts during the week so I get Monday Tuesday and Thursday Friday and then I'm taking the weekend off but I took Monday off and it's funny because uh, and, and I was just you know feeling a little bit worn down physically and mentally as well from, you know, I've got other, other things to do like school and work and whatnot. So just a little worn down. So I didn't go to the gym, but on Tuesday, you know, I almost over rested. Like um, I didn't have that mental edge, that kind of little extra that drive to say, all right, let's go, let's lift some weights. Let's get these sets done. And, and my Tuesday lift would just felt like it, it was dragging on. And, And, you know, I was, my volume was kind of where it should be, but every lift felt like, so much harder than should and you know I definitely chalk that up to just kind of not being mentally there that day but when one cog in the machine is sort of underperforming or or damaged or whatever then the whole thing kind of falls apart so I love that you you have that holistic approach to your training yeah because I mean like you're really not gonna improve or get better if you're just going through the motions like think about like when you're writing my writing is crap and I do it all the time so consistency is one thing but intent is another like if I was to focus on writing better I probably could but I'm just I'm just writing stuff down you know yeah exactly yeah you gotta you gotta be focused yeah, training with intent again. Another, another just absolutely fantastic point. Like you kind of said, when you are lifting, being introspective and being very 
conscientious of things like there's a lot of research about focusing on the working muscle can actually improve neuromuscular connection can improve actual hypertrophic gains in certain muscle groups uh, and strength gains right that also allows you to be very able to make technique adjustments or positioning adjustments or anything when you're mid lift and something doesn't feel right. If you're paying attention to that versus say worried about the presentation that didn't go well at work today, right? You're going to have a very different training experience. Again, it's like you said, the difference between training and working out, you know, you really are working for something when you're training, you have those little goals you're trying to hit each day, each lift, each set. So I I love that you're a, a proponent of that being introspective, being mindful of what's going on when you're training to really get the most out of it. Yeah, for sure. And like, it's just so important. And another thing, like you mentioned there, like you're working towards some goals, like you can have your further out goals, but you need to break those down into smaller goals. And to get there, you can't just like jump to the next goal. Every time you got to be, you got to be paying attention to what you're doing and what you can improve to get there. You know, like, it's not just going to happen. You got to, it's consistency, the working and learning as you go. Like, it's not just, oh, I'm going to lift for two years. And just because I'm doing this, I will get stronger. You will get stronger, I guess, but like you could get stronger faster by like the intent there of like, you're learning on how to do the movements more efficiently and smoother and become stronger. Yeah, I definitely think we could probably go on for several hours just on goal setting and its effectiveness alone. Um, I don't know how familiar listeners are to, you know, smart goals. So, you know, S for specific, (laughs) M is the goal has to be measurable. Uh, A is that goal has to be attainable. R for realistic and T for timely, right? Like you said, you don't just go lift for two years and see what happens, right? Within that two years, like you said, your bench might've started out at 105. So a two-year goal or even just a one-year goal for you might be bump it up 30 pounds, or or 40 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever. And and within that, that's a very realistic goal in a year, depending on where you are in the sports, very possible to, to do that if you really focus on that lift. But you know, you can break that down into further little goals, say, in order to get this bench, I'm going to go do a bodybuilding style phase for a month or two to build that muscle. I'm then going to focus on general strength to make it stronger Then I'm going to break it down and maybe drop back volume on some of my other lifts to just focus all my body's resources on this lift, right? Like there's a progression there. Uh, You have your big overarching goal, but like you said, you break down all those little goals to kind of give you those little victories throughout the day, throughout the weeks, the months that all snowballs helps your motivation. and, And, you know, you get to enjoy the process instead of being so fixed on that end goal. Yeah, exactly. And with the goals, like, I actually never heard that smart reference. I really like that. I'm going to, I'm going to keep that in mind. But (laughs) when I started powerlifting, I was like, my goal was to be able to lift my dirt bike. Because like I had said, like, it was so hard. If it gets stuck in something, I always need help to get it out. And I was like, no, I want to be able to do this myself. And then, uh, so my bike at the time weighed just shy of 200 pounds. And then as soon as I was able to do that comfortably, didn't I buy a fucking heavier dirt bike? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can get something so, with a little more power to it, a little bigger engine, a little more hardware and <laughs> you're stronger now. So you can lift that one. Yeah. This one's just shy of 300. So I got to get working on my deadlift again. <laughs> <laughs> you ever deadlift in your dirt bike boots just to make it a little more specific? Oh God, no, that would be miserable. 
don't know um, if you've ever been in ski boots before, but it's similar to that. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't have any any mobility through the <laughs> through the shin down. Um, and it's funny that you you mentioned why you started lifting. It was just for some other aspect of your life. Like you didn't have that. And now I think it's safe to say you have quite a passion and a desire for lifting and quite a, and powerlifting is kind of probably borderlining be, go, of going beyond a hobby and more of a, you know, you're, you're, you're becoming an athlete again. But it's funny that it stemmed from a place of activities of daily living because that's one thing I think regardless of age or background in any sort of sport or whatnot, um, people can relate to is that, you know, when you walk up a flight of stairs and you're out of breath, that's not fun, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's not, it's not great. And, and it's funny. Um, I'm probably gonna butcher butcher the quote, but my friend Dave, who who I just released, uh, actually the same day as Paige's episode, um, you know, he talked about how when he splits up his gym classes, working with you know, elementary school athletes, um, he might split them up on how they're feeling that day. You know, if they're ready to go, if they're into it, if they're a little eh, whatever, or you know, something's hurting, if they're not feeling well that day, whatever. He'll split them up that way. So there's kind of that people working within their ability groups. Uh, as far as physical activity goes. And, you know, that, that makes them maybe feel a little bit better. They're not so out, outmatched maybe by another student. So they can kind of enjoy themselves a little more. That anxiety isn't there. That kind of you talk, alluded to earlier about being self-conscious about, you know, uh, people are going to look at me and say, I don't know what I'm doing, right? Like having that enjoyment so important, but also that improved quality of life. Like you were saying to lift your dirt bike was your goal. Uh, while that might be kind of a specific goal to your life and kind of a couple of the people that you you hang out with being being dirt bikers everyone kind of general population i think can still relate to that goal being that there's some aspect in my life that i think can be better through physical activity whether it be less joint or muscle pain whether it be like i kind of said being able to walk up the stairs or being able to walk to work or whatever and not be out of breath being able to pick up your kids and run, you know, and run and play with your kids or grandkids. Right. I think everyone can relate to that having some sort of active activity of daily living. That's so awesome that you kind of took that goal and said, okay, I, I, I kind of know what I have to do. I gotta, I gotta get to the gym, get stronger, I gotta eat better. And I'm going to have to sort of start figuring out my way from there. Kind of had like a, a partly completed map that sort of got you started on the way, showed you the end of it, but there wasn't much direction in the middle and you kind of had to, through trial and error, find your way. So I think it's really important that people hear that you had those sort of experiences with pitfalls, with kind of starting and stopping and then trying to find that consistency, find that niche, finding that aspect of physical activity and training that you liked and then kind of taking something and running with it. Because I definitely think that's a relatable uh, reason to start training would be, you know, improve that quality of life and improve one's ability to perform activities of daily living. Yeah. And I really like to look at it from how can this apply outside of the gym? Cause you, you know, you see people who might not understand it. They're like, why do you want to lift so heavy? I'm like, cause look at how much other things in my life have become easier because I'm strong. Like I can, I can do this now because I've been training like this. Like it, it just translates into my life. It's functional. I know there are other training styles that would be also functional, maybe even more functional. But for me, this is where I've found a passion. Like, you know, um, you got to love the process. Exactly. And that's such a important thing, especially in the world of weightlifting is loving the process because especially when you start getting up there, the process is like working your ass off to put five pounds on a PR or less. Yeah. Right? 
you really do have to learn to love that process. And it's funny, you kind of talked about, look at these aspects of my life, look how much better they are now that I'm training and stuff. Um, and a lot of, a lot of popular coaches on social media and, and whatnot, we'll, we'll put this one up, but it, it always rings true. You're never going to have a time in your life where being stronger puts you at a disadvantage, right? Like you said, yeah. for, for you with your bike, right? Like being stronger and being able to lift that bike easier each time is never going to disadvantage you versus there's a lot of time in your life where being weaker, being less fit or conditioned is going to hurt you. So, I mean, there's never a downside to doing physical activity um, and doing whatever your body would allow you to do. So obviously if you have like a broken foot, not telling you to go do uh, squat jumps, but <laughs> it's never a bad idea to perform physical activity to kind of better your life in any capacity, whether you want to start going to the gym 10 days a week, or you just want to start with like, kind of like what you did, start with the one, then the two, then the three, then it's up to every day a week. Sometimes it's twice a day. Sometimes it's, you know, just that extra, extra training, but it started with just that once a week, right? So it's never a bad time to start being physically active. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just, it's very important to stay active because like, you know, use it or lose it kind of thing. Yeah, I've, I've just noticed so many things in my life that have gotten better. Like even like visiting my niece and my nephew, like their mom, she has a bad back. So she's not able to like lift them up or anything. So I go over there and I'll pick them up over my head. And they're like, ah, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, um, it's so awesome that you find ways, not even find ways, but you're, you're cognizant. Back to that, you're mindful of ways that training and being more physically active has improved your life. Like you realize this didn't just happen. Like I did this. I made this happen because I made the decision to eat better, to go to the gym and train and just make myself a more healthy person. Like all this kind of good improvements in your life is, again, you get to enjoy them, but you can also take satisfaction in you doing it. Like you were the one who caused all this positive change. Yeah. And I'd also, I'd also like to mention like back on the topic of, you know, love the process. And as much as I do, like, I'm going to go ahead and say there are shit days. Oh yeah. Like, there are days, like you said, you were needed your rest day there on Monday. Like there are days you can't get into the gym and some days you do and you hate every second of it, but you still do it. And then the consistency really is what matters there. Some days you do just got to go get through it. Maybe you're not as mindful, but you're still doing it. You know, something is better than nothing. Oh, that's such a good, uh, such a good, almost a, a quote I had from my old honor supervisor, uh, Danielle Bouchard. She, she had it on her, uh, you know, kind of like a motivational poster one of her students made, but, uh, and I'm probably going to butcher this one too, but um, <laughs> more is better than some, but some is better than none. I would think, and not, I would think I've been there, you know, either dieting or trying to stay to a specific lifting program, but been through the stop and start, right? Because sometimes it's not as easy as saying, I'm going to start my diet today. Let's start. It's going to be, I'm going to start my diet today. Two days later, you, you butcher it. You know, you, you get hungry at night and you go get, I don't know, a donut or something. You know, you, then you get in that kind of almost downward spiral of like, ah, crap, I blew it yesterday or last meal. So well, whatever, it's not a big deal if I blow it this meal. And then and then you almost get into the consistency and the snowballing and the, in the negative direction. But uh, it's so important to understand and, and for people to hear that they aren't the only ones going through kind of that difficulty of trying to start a consistent program, even if they've made the choice that someone, you know, to go to someone and get it written up for them, get their, their diet plan set up or get their workout plan set up. It's super important for people to understand, like, it's not like just because they have this thing, it's done. 
like there's still a lot more work to be done and it, and a lot of the onus falls on yourself to stay disciplined to stay stay mindful of you know one bad meal really isn't going to set you that far off the current track you're going one missed workout one bad workout isn't going to set you that far off the track off your path towards that goal and being and continue to be mindful about it and and just be introspective of like okay that happened it's done now can't change it best thing i can do is just not overreact and say like under eat or something like that or like overtrain because then that's just gonna hurt you in the long run for your next training session but you know just say okay that happened back on track let's go and if you fall off again then it's just a you know kind of a fact of life something that happens and then you have to kind of go back and reset and then start again until you kind of find that habits find what works for you and like you said you started with that one workout that worked wanted more the two the three the four right and, and but probably within that i would think there was plenty of stop and start before you really got locked in and found what worked for you and found that passion for lifting yeah you really just can't beat yourself up over one thing gone wrong like you said like oh i messed up this you don't want to fall into that habit it's okay that it happened just keep going yeah and i mean that's a whole other can of worms you know talking about our associations with food of being good or bad or positive or negative but uh again again that might be a conversation outside of both of our scopes and have to get some some dietitians and psychologists in on on that one (laughs) um moving on because this is one of the really big reasons i wanted to have you on one um where you are someone who you know you have you have work you have life outside of lifting and stuff but who has found lifting as a hobby as a passion Um, and, and, you know, realize that it's something that can really improve your life. And you already talked about these, you know, kind of why you started lifting and sort of other ways it's improved your quality of life. But one thing I'd really like to talk to you about, and again, this is more anecdotal, uh, generally in kind of strength sport and just in the gym in general, anecdotally, you would see more men than, than women. Uh, and you have done a great job in, you know, being on your own or being with a group, finding what keeps you consistent, finding what you enjoy, uh, and specifically that being powerlifting. And, and I do know that you have kind of, you talked about a bit about how you have the groups at raw power there. Um, I know I've seen posts of uh, specifically, you know, uh, women lifting or doing powerlifting there. Um, what is it like for you kind of in some of your experience being a woman in a male dominated sport in a traditionally looked at as kind of a masculine sport um, and still finding enjoyment and still finding that kind of that, that group with, uh, with other women who are powerlifting within your gym and stuff and what that kind of background and support and kind of that lifting culture as a, a, a female is doing powerlifting is like. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because my, like, I've only been powerlifting for about a year and a half. So I actually, I haven't experienced so much of the powerlifting community outside of raw. So I don't know what it's like outside of there, but in raw it's, I feel like, I don't know if they're an outlier or not, but we, I'm pretty sure majority or at least somewhat close to half of the raw members are female. And they are so dedicated. We don't really have any girls that go and are like half committed. They're all pretty much all in it. And the community itself, even from the the male lifters is so supportive. Like if I'm at the back of the gym hitting, like going for a deadlift PR, the guys at the front lifting like 500 pounds are stopping their workout and they're coming down and they're 
cheering for me to grind out that lift. Like it's ridiculously supportive there. Um, I'm not sure I can speak for other gyms. I imagine it's somewhat the same. I haven't really experienced any kind of like bias or anything. I feel like I don't feel like anyone's like, oh, the girls are here. Like, <laughs> no, like every, everyone's just like ridiculously supportive. It's, it's really awesome. Um, I know outside, like from an outside perspective, they're like, oh, I don't want to go to this gym. There's like a bunch of really big guys there lifting and yelling and they're all lifting so much. And people don't want to start going there because they're like, oh, I don't lift much. But then like we have this, we have, they do these learn to lift classes and the people that come in through there realize like they're learning to deadlift and bench and squat properly. And then once they start doing that and then they fall in love with the process of the learning, they start to forget that their lifts aren't 500 pound lifts. They're just going like, yeah, I'm getting stronger. This is awesome. I, it's um, just an awesome community and surprisingly balanced what I've experienced for gender. That's amazing. And I mean, it's so good that you guys have that culture of support. It always bugs me when people, and of course you want to be cognizant of who's around you and you want to be considerate of your neighbor, but it always bugs me when people get so, you know, up at arms about a little bit of weights banging in the gym. It's like, Oh, so-and-so dropped their bar. Or, you know, why is that person yelling or grunting? Like, well, for one, if you want to get into it, the, the science behind it, shows a lot of, you know, improvement in power type, strength type uh, activities. When you are grunting or yelling or breathing heavily through that movement, you're able to kind of better coordinate your muscle contractions. But at the same time, I always think like, oh, it's a gym. Come on. Like people need to go in and have like a better um, perception of what the gym is going to be like. Obviously don't be that person in there. That's every rep, you know, if you're doing like a 10 rep max, or whatever, every single rep, you're, you're yelling enough so the people outside of the gym can hear you. Don't be like that. But, you know, when, when there's a bar, bar hits the ground for a couple reps, so there's a bit of volume that always bugs me when people get so up in arms about that. But kind of what would be some of um, some advice you have then? Because again, there is sometimes that kind of social perception that gyms and stuff like you know you touch a weight you're gonna look like Arnold kind of deal right like people <laughs> you know, always hear oh I don't want to bulk up and stuff but especially going back to just the the quality of life lifting can provide and especially in the female population uh you look at sort of the biology and the physiology of women having just lighter bones less dense bones and kind of the risk later in life of osteoporosis the amount that lifting uh, that resistance and, and force put on your bones can actually attenuate those uh, aging effects. And even at certain younger ages, kind of reverse that effects or better set you up for later in life that you won't have those clinically low bone mineral density values, right? Like lifting can improve that so much. So I'm such a huge advocate for everyone should strength train, no matter what you do. <laughs> but um, what would be maybe some advice that you have some pointers of with people and not just women, but anyone who might be a little tentative to go to the gym, a little intimidated by, like you said, some people are in there lifting 500 pounds. Like maybe do you have any little advice for the, for the general pop, just trying to get a little more fit? Yeah, I'd just like to say that like you're not going to go to the gym and touch a weight and then just all of a sudden become muscular. <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> so harder than the, that, unfortunately. Yeah, so for all the girls who are like, oh, I don't want to look bulky. Don't worry. <laughs> if you don't want to look bulky, you won't. It's a, like it's a big like diet plays such a big role in there. If you're not eating to gain, you're not going to gain. Yeah. 
It can be intimidating, but let me tell you, I actually found this funny in the episode you did with Paige. She said on Zoom when she's talking to her students, she's saying they're either watching themselves or me. They're not watching you. And it's the same at the gym. Everyone, it doesn't matter if you're doing something right. No one's looking at you. You might think they are because you're you're all self-conscious when you start to go, but they care way more about what they're doing than what you're doing. And if you're not sure, you can ask someone. It's a, as a, just don't interrupt the mid set. But like you know, <laughs> if you see someone doing something, uh, wait till they're not doing anything. Go and like, hey, why are you doing it that way? Or like, um, if when I'm doing this, does it look like I'm doing it right? Like, people are supportive. They're going to want to help, and it kind of fluffs their ego too. If you go up to someone and ask them for advice, they're going to be like, oh heck yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, they, they think I look like I know what I'm doing, where most of the time they might know like one more thing than you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. But still, still I, giving that little like that, that confidence boost of, hey, at least I, you know, they think I look like I know what I'm doing. Yes. Yeah, I have this friend Mandy and I am so impressed by her. She, so she generally trains bodybuilding style and I've been trying to get her to come over to the dark side of powerlifting. <laughs> I told her about this wreck me and she's just dived right in. She signed right up and she's trying to learn how to power lift and she's going to do the meet with me. And she's like, Oh, well, I, I don't know if my lifts are enough. And I'm like, girl, don't even worry about it. Like whatever you're lifting is good. Like just learn to do the movements properly. So you don't hurt yourself. That's the main thing. And it's, I'm just, I'm like so amazed because not many people would be willing to dive in like she did there, but she's just going in and I'm just like, my mind is blown. I was like, I would never have that kind of confidence or just fearlessness to do the, to do it. She'll text me every once in a while asking for advice and like definitely fluffs my ego. Cause I'm like, like you said, I maybe know one more thing than you do, but <laughs> You know, I'll help where I can. And if I can't help you, I'll find you the resources. Yeah, don't uh, don't just dip your toes in the water. Go dive head first. You'll uh, immerse yourself in that and you'll have a lot more enjoyment and, and probably see quicker improvement. Yeah. Um, just where you're a little newer to the sport and you have that one recreational competition under your belt and you're working towards um, a couple others this year. I'd love if you could go through what... Uh, what sort of a competition prep looks like for you, maybe what the last one was and how this one has differed and what kind of a day, the competition day is like, what's going through your head? What, what's the whole process like of kind of getting lined up, getting your name or number called or whatever, going to do your lift, get, you know, having everything kind of being a little more controlled, having, having a timeline, a schedule to it, maybe a little bit different than you would do in the gym, but what is that kind of comp prep and comp day sort of like for you? So I've had the opportunity to compete in more than just that one meet. I haven't taken it mostly because if I'm going to compete, I want to be able to give it my 100%. But like you said, lifting for me is like a hobby. I'm not all hundred percent on it. I like dirt biking and rock climbing and four wheeling and doing all this other stuff. So when I did that last meet, uh, it was in the summer and to prep for the meet, you want to be a hundred percent focused. You don't have to be, especially for these rec meets. But for me, I'm like, Oh no, I got to focus 100%. And so you start peaking a couple weeks before the meet and you're exhausted, you're tired, you're grumpy, but like you're lifting heavy weights and that's super awesome. Uh, you're really pushing what you're doing. And then the week before the meet, you're on deload. And it was so hard because my coach said, don't dirt bike, don't go rock climbing. And on top of that, you're deloading. So you're lifting less weights and you're 
workouts are quicker and you're doing, you're just doing less. So like I had this week of just like focus on your diet. I put the rule in myself, no drinking. So like that week was so hard because I wasn't allowed to lift frequently. Like I like doing something every day. I'm a go, go, go person. So cutting down to three days of the week lifting and then no dirt biking, no rock climbing. And I mean, and, just to, sorry to interrupt you there, but I would think too on your deload where the goal is to let you recover and feel more energized leading into your big peak by feeling like, wow, I feel even better than usual, even stronger than usual now. And you're telling me I can't do stuff? A hundred percent. You're so well rested. All you want to do is the things. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be yeah, you- for this episode. All you want to do is the thing. <laughs> yeah man (laughs) um so but once I was done that week and meat day came up I was like rested and well nourished and energized and I mean I also had no idea what the heck I was doing so we're warming up for our lifts and I'm like oh gosh I'm just gonna watch what other people are doing and like try and do my normal workout but you're in such a condensed time and you're trying to warm up so you can go lift the most you've ever lifted so you're doing that and it's a small, small meet. So like you're all sharing bars with people and you've limited time. You just got to make do with what works, you know, you got to just get it done. And then you're, you get called out and you're put in a lineup and they start like the lightest lift first. And then it goes down. So you're like standing wherever you're at in the line, waiting for your name to get called up. I normally will have like music in my ear, hype up music. And I take the music out before the lift because you got to be able to hear the cues. Some people don't do that, but I definitely needed that to be able to hear the cues and focus on all the things I needed to focus on. But I will say that I told you earlier, the story of Shelly saying, go big or go home. So I bumped my bench up. It was the best feeling to be moved back in the line. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's that like physical, tangible thing of like, you're lifting heavier this time. Yeah. I mean, like who knows if I'll make it or not, but I'm further back in this line and that's <laughs> yeah, that, those, those little wins you take into the big performance. Yeah. I'm ex- I'm excited for the, and that feeling was so good. I'm excited for this next meet because I, just a couple weeks ago I had hit 145 on my bench. So I'm really, I don't know what my opener is going to be yet. Jesus. But when I figure that out, that's so going to crush be that old PR by this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stoked. Cause I'm like, yeah, it lifted more than my body weight. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, that, that's a, that's a huge milestone. That's a really fun one. When you start those numbers really, when they go above body weight, they start to seem a lot bigger. It's like, okay, I could lift another me. Let's see how much yeah. more, I, let's see how much more I can add. Yeah. It's like, all right, now I'll pick my next biggest roommate and I'll bench them. <laughs> So that's awesome. I mean, uh, so that must be really exciting, I guess, that you're only a couple weeks out from this next competition. So here in Nova Scotia, we're very lucky that we're kind of seeming to be on the the other side of the hill, knock on wood, of our sort of second COVID wave. But so how how has you kind of mentioned the gym closing down, work closing down at the start of this whole uh, this whole pandemic? What's it been like trying to continue training, trying to continue working towards these goals you have in powerlifting? And what sort of kind of modifications have you made to continue working for these goals? Uh, and, and like you said, you mentioned it a bit with your sort of bodybuilding style at home workouts. But yeah, what sort of modifications and considerations have you had to make to continue training? Yeah, there was definitely a lot that had to be adjusted with the whole COVID and lockdowns and gyms closing and stuff. I am very, very fortunate where I have the community that I do 
I was able to snag some weights from one of the girls at Raw and my roommate had previously purchased a couple 35 and 45 pound plates at like 90 cents on the dollar, I will mention to you, which is not realistic these days. Um, <laughs> no, not a chance. Yeah. And then we built ourselves a squat and bench rack. I built the rack and Ryan built a really nice bench uh, that we've been using. And we had this one inch bar, but his plates were two inch. So I went to fitness depot and picked up two inch adapters. So like we were definitely better off than I know a lot of people were during all this because we did have, we at least could do the things, but yeah, there was so much adjustment to be made. It's so different working out at home. I find when I'm at the gym, I'm there and I'm focused because I've like left my home. I'm here. I might as well do the work, put it in and before going home. Whereas like at home, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm kind of tired. I should go in like refill my water and then I go inside the house. I'm like, well, I'm in the house now. I don't know. Do I want to go back out and do my workout? Cause we had the gym set up in a greenhouse in my yard. So it was like either too cold or a sauna. So it wasn't the best working conditions, but you, you really got to force yourself there. But yeah, there was that whole period. I did the like body weight workouts cause I had to do something before we had figured out this whole weightlifting setup we have here at home. Yeah, you just really got to be able to adapt and adjust just to keep the consistency. Even if you're not making progress, maintenance matters. That's, that's an excellent point. Like what people don't realize, one of the huge kind of ideas behind periodization is the fact that our bodies hang on to a lot of these adaptations, whether it be strength, building muscle, um, conditioning, whatever. They hold on to them a lot easier than they are to actually acquire in the first place. So while you do have to lift and heavy and train hard to get those high PRs in, in your lifts, once you get there, as long as you're training to a point, you know, you could be lifting at, at an intensity of, you know, 50% or lower of those one rep maxes. But as long as you're still training and getting your reps in and stressing that body, you are still maintaining those adaptations. And for the most part, depending on what you're doing, you're maintaining them perfectly, right? You're not there's, there's not any kind of breakdown of technique and breakdown mm. of adaptation. You sort of maintain those adaptations you've gained. And then when you go back to that training style, so for example, say you're training bodybuilding style for a while to kind of allow your body to resensitize to strength training adaptations and heavy, heavy lifting stimulus to your muscles, you're also building up muscle size from your bodybuilding or hypertrophy style training. So now when you go back to your strength training in, in a month or two months or three months time, not only have you maintained those strength adaptations are probably within five, 10 pounds. And within about a week or two, you'll have that level that you were at before back. So you'll have that new baseline, but you'll now have larger muscles so that the, that larger muscle area can then in turn produce more strength. So now you primed your body to go for another couple months of specific strength training to get even stronger to up those prs even more and then you just cycle through the different kinds of trainings but yeah like you you hold on to these adaptations are, are a lot better than these adaptations are to kind of acquire in the first place so i mean just doing something like like you said earlier something's better than nothing just doing something is going to let you hold on to those adaptations even during these, these sporadic gym opening and closings if you don't do anything i'm sure you know 
the science behind it a lot better. I know that like even just taking a week of being stagnant, you'll lose a certain percentage of strength and nothing is more unmotivating than realizing that you've gone back a couple steps. It's okay to do that if you just, but you do have to push just that much harder to get back where you were. And then you go, wow, that was, I just had to spend all that time getting back where I was, where it would have been better to maybe maintain that strength. And then you continue pushing later on. You save yourself some time. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot less discouraging and a lot easier to get back on track and back on that process of attaining that longer term goal. If you at least do something as opposed to, like you said, just doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, we've been, we've been going for almost an hour here, Alex, so I don't want to keep you too long on your Sunday afternoon, but uh, just before you wrap up, is there any sort of projects or programs or gyms or, or social media or anything like that, that you would like to highlight before we wrap up here? Yeah. I mean, if anyone's interested in strongman or powerlifting, I highly recommend checking out raw power. There's a couple other gyms like Renfrew is a great strongman powerlifting gym as well. Um, but yeah, if you're ever, if anyone ever wants to go check them out, they're on Instagram, they have website. Um, you can check me out on Instagram. Just, I think I'm Garnett. I actually, yeah, Alex Garnett. I'm I'll tag you when this goes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on there somewhere, but yeah. Um, just, if you want to check out any local stuff, I highly recommend it. It's just, it's a very welcoming community. We do strongman Sundays right now because everyone's trying to train for the record breakers event that's coming up. Yeah. Get, check it on out. Awesome. And we'll make sure to plug raw power in the uh, episode description, especially when we kind of announce this, your episode out on Insta there, we'll, we'll make sure to tag them and uh, get the shameless plugs in. Wicked. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Alex. Uh, you're, you're definitely a little different guest than we've had on so far, but I mean, I think your perspective is so important for people to hear. Like you don't have to be absolutely going to train at the Olympics or something to go to the gym, right? You can just want to improve your life. And then in your case, find something recreational that you really, really enjoy and develop a passion for and want to then just be, you know, through pure enjoyment of it, want to improve your craft and improve your ability to, to do this activity being um, powerlifting. But I think your, your background and experiences are just so important for people to hear that again, it's just, it's a process you know, you start with one thing, which for you was your diet plan. Then you had your one day a week, two day a week, and so on at the gym. And look where you are now years and years later. So, I mean, so important for people to hear that, you know, it doesn't take a miracle. It doesn't take good genetics. It doesn't take having access to the most cutting edge equipment and, and you know, interprofessional team to get you to where you want to be, right? You can just have a passion and, and desire and enjoyment uh, to do something and just go do it, get healthier. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Matt. I really hope that you had something to provide. For oh, this. I can, um, I can guarantee that you had, they had more than a, more than a few little nuggets of wisdom there. Yeah. Excellent. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that and hope I didn't sound like too much of a dickhead throughout it, but I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> Just a little bit of a dickhead. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, Alex, thank you so much for volunteering your time and we'll see you next time on Maritime Health and Performance Chat. All right.